Let's jump into our last topic because we got a little bit about 10 minutes left in the show. And I want to make sure I hit this because it's a fun topic, the logistics of lipstick. Now, I know that that might, you know, sort of, you know, even saying that title might turn a lot of people off. But trust me, I'm going to get there because it's really sort of fascinating because the lipstick in general, lipstick purchases ha- have a really strong economic indicator of, of what's going on in the market. And, and we'll get to that in just a second. But first, let's back it up because lipstick has been around for centuries, dating back to the earliest record of Mesopotamia. I mean, you, it, there are also um, records of lipstick being used in case you're wondering of, you know, how I guess lipstick plays a role in our society. Well, it's played a role for, for thousands of years, dating back to Mesopotamia. Also Cleopatra, the, the pharaoh. I think she was a pharaoh from Egypt. I don't know. She was technically a pharaoh from Egypt. And she famously wore red lipstick. In fact, where they think that she is uh, buried or where her tomb is, uh, they found a lot of different old makeup tools. So that sort of, you know, red lipstick was really coined by Cleopatra back in the Egyptian days. And she made that red lipstick by using crushed carmine beetles. And speaking of which, I sort of, you might have seen this video making the rounds and going viral over the last couple of weeks. It really was a, a man sort of just taking cactus leaves, I guess that's technically what you could call it, cacti leaves and hanging them up on a piece of string and then collecting the dead bugs that are on the leaf itself. If you're watching the screen, you can kind of get a glimpse of what this looks like. But it's it's sort of a wild statement because it's exactly how red lipstick is made. If you're, if you're listening and not watching, I'm going to read the description from the account called Science Girl. She said that these little bugs are called a scale insect and it's a type of... Uh, immobile parasite living on moisture and the nutrients of cacti. It almost looks like mold that's growing on the cactus leaf itself. Now, from this insect, a natural dye is derived called carmine. And quoting the science girl here, she said, the insect produces carminic acid that deters its predation by other insects. Although ironically, the thing that saves it from predators is the main ingredient for carmine dye. Now, this dye is used commonly in, you know, different foods and also lipstick. So if you are, depending on how strict of a vegan that you are, you might want to know that the red lipstick that you're wearing has is made from, you know, carmine dye of how it is used to make lipsticks and then also red dyes in food. So after it's manufactured, you just sort of watch that process sort of take place where they take the beetles and they smash them. And then this red dye comes up, they make sort of a powder from it. And so then they take that powder and they mix it with a waxy compound. And so they mix that all together, sort of boil it all together. And then they pour that liquid into different sort of lipstick shaped tubes. And so that's how lipstick is made. Now, after lipstick has been made, next comes sort of the manufacturing or not really the manufacturing because we just talked about that. But the next step is the logistics uh, side of the world. Because since COVID, lipstick has seen a lot of ups and downs. And to give you some fun facts, a side effect of those initial lockdowns and mass mandates saw lipstick sales dip to 15% and prices declined by 28%. Think about it. We're all working from home. We're going out less. Um, we're wearing masks when we do go out. So lipstick becomes really, it used to be a staple in our wardrobe, especially for women, you know, outfit wise, whatever you, you're pairing that lipstick with whatever you're wearing. So if people aren't seeing your mouth. You're probably not going to focus too much on lipstick. And then 
to put that number in perspective, when sales dipped 15% and prices declined by 28% in that previous year in 2019, the beauty industry saw 500 billion in sales. So that 15% dip is quite a lot of money. Now, there's also a change in how stores, we know with the rise of e-commerce, it's been trending that way for a while. But with the rise in e-commerce, there's also a change in how stores keep and store that actual inventory. So smaller brands that start their own makeup line, which you might see this more so on the local level, when you start up that makeup line, you have to be conscious of the entire customer journey from the website in order to that product arriving in the person's hand, how they pick it up in a store, all of that matters. So there's an indie beauty creator. Um, she's called Beautify Believers founder. Uh, Rachel Whitaker said that lipstick brands have to know these little things like how their packaging will reflect fingerprints if it's a matte design. So if your lipstick is going into retail, how is it going to sit on that shelf? If the packaging is a matte design, are people going to be picking it up? They're going to be putting fingerprints on it. That's going to negatively infect or affect how that person or how future people after that person picked up the package sees and interacts with the brand. So you have to keep that in mind. And then there was another thing that she, she said to keep in mind as well is having smaller shipments sent to retailers distribution center instead of retail stores. I thought that this part was kind of fascinating where retail stores now, they have to monetize every inch of that space in order to make money. So they don't really have the back rooms anymore where you can go in the back and see if there's anything else available or if there's you know more just stored in the back that doesn't exist anymore. So that same, um, that same beauty founder, uh, Rachel, she said that retailers do not have huge storage facilities. Instead, they have distribution centers where everything goes in and goes straight back out again. There is no back room because each inch of the retail space has to earn money. And so lipstick brands need to be prepared to ship in smaller quantities far more regularly and then manage the costs around that as a sort of a, I guess, a beauty influencer or a beauty beauty founder. She helps other founders sort of start their own, you know, makeup empire, start their own lipstick empire and keep the nuances of how that customer arrives to your website and then ultimately has the product in their hands and that entire process where a lot of folks aren't managing the logistics side of things. So maybe they get that product in their hands and they buy it and then it turns out they don't like it. A lot of folks, a lot of the, the founders are not factoring in the logistics costs of storing your goods, of shipping those goods, the return shipments of those, and then all of the, the increased costs because these retail locations are keeping smaller stocks on hand. So you have to pay for not only the shipping to the distribution center, Center, but also the distribution from the distribution center to actually the retail store and manage the costs all around that. So keeping that in mind, if you say you, you have a lipstick color that you absolutely adore and you want it to hit those shelves. Now, there's also a somewhat controversial side that has the economic tie-in called the lipstick index or the lipstick effect, which is, I just found this out today. And it's the theory that when consumers are facing an economic crisis, they are more willing to buy less costly luxury goods. So instead of people buying fur coats, they will instead buy a luxury lipstick. So if you think about it, you're coming out of the bathroom, um, you're in a restaurant or something, and you go to put lipstick on, that is fashion and 
and makeup are seen as communication devices to other people. Maybe they're not seen as that, but they are, they're, they're, yeah, they're technically seen by other people as communication devices. So if you whip out a luxury, you know, lipstick brand, then that signals to other people that you have wealth and all of these, you know, good things. Um, so this is, this was another part of the theory because that theory of whether or not that, that the theory is that that when consumers are facing an economic crisis they're more willing to buy those less co- those less cost luxury goods but that's kind of anecdotal and it's kind of controversial in that respect because in a recent study by university researchers the effect is attributed to evolutionary psychology this lipstick effect is driven by a woman's desire to attract males with resources and depends on their perceived mate attraction function served by these products So in addition to showing how and why economic recessions influence women's desire for beauty products, this research also provided novel insights into women's mating, psychology, consumer behavior, and the relationship between the two. That although the elliptic effect had garnered some anecdotal lore, the present research suggests that women's spending on beauty products may be the third indicator of economic recessions, an indicator that may be rooted in our ancestral psychology, which is fascinating, all in the same jump. So we're talking about a product that's been around for thousands of years. It's made from bugs. And then now it's an economic indicator. So you're you're probably knowing all of that. You're probably wondering, well, how are lipstick sales doing? Because if lipstick sales have increased, then we might be in some trouble. And uh, new data from the global market tracking firm from NPD Group finds that sales of lipstick and other lip makeup group 48% in the first quarter of this year over over the previous year. So it's more than twice as fast as any other products in the beauty category. So um, if you have your money on an upcoming uh, recession, maybe we're already in it, we probably are, but um, the lipstick sales from the first quarter of this year may be predicted that long before you know there were other indicators. So the lipstick effect, the lipstick index, and all of that happens from a little bug that we have murdered for thousands of years to get red lipstick. So really fascinating sort of deep dive into the logistics of lipstick. And it all sort of stemmed from, you know, a man in the middle of the woods making carmine beetles and turning them into a red lipstick. So I hope you enjoyed that segment on the logistics of lipstick. And sort of as we round out today's show, thank you guys for tuning in. All of the replays, you can catch them on Freightwaves TV. You can also catch them in your favorite podcast player of choice. So App- Apple, Spotify, there's a dedicated Cyberly feed. So just search for su- search for Cyberly in your favorite app of choice. You can find more of my work and all of my socials over on my just main sort of central distribution website. And that's everythingislogistics.com. We will be back next week week, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here live on FreightWaves TV. But until then, I will see you all real soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. And if you did like it, I would love if you could rate and review the show on Apple or Spotify. It'll take you like two minutes of your time, but it helps a ton for a creator like me to be able to show that review like a badge of honor. And it also helps the show get discovered by others. If you'd like to see more of my work, head on over to digitaldispatch.io. I've got some new content collections under the resources tab for folks who are freight brokers, truckers, carriers, freight agents, and also a best of collection for how to fix your website and how to fix your marketing. 
It's all completely free. And again, that tab is under resources over on the digitaldispatch.io website. The website also includes some links to our social media accounts, along with my products and services, in case any of that is of interest to you. Once again, my name is Blythe Bramley, and I thank you for sharing your attention with me today. Until next time, have a magical day.